You're listening to episode 44 of Sustainable Photography. I'm your host, Ingvild Kolnes, and today I've got Stephanie Case with me to talk about video marketing. You're listening to Sustainable Photography, where you get support and education to build your profitable business in a way that supports your way of living. I'm Ingvild Kolnes, and after 11 years as a photographer, I want to share what I've learned with you. So if you're looking for confidence, inspiration, and to the point tips, keep listening. For full transparency, I also want you to know that I'm a mentor with paid offers, and I might mention some of those in this episode. Stephanie is a business educator and a content creator. She helps brands confidently create content so that they can show up consistently, maximize their reach, and grow online. Besides running her brand, you can often find her cuddling her two sheepadoodles hanging out with her husband and twin girls and drinking a chai latte. Hi, Stephanie. I'm so excited to have you here today on the podcast. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah. So I'd love to know more about you and your background. So if you don't mind sharing who you are and how you got started uh, as a photographer and how you've ended up as an educator. Yeah. So I started as a wedding photographer back in... Man, I think it was almost eight years ago now. I started in high school. So I just moved to Columbus, Ohio and had decided that I really wanted to photograph weddings and really used a lot of the time during my senior year of high school, but also like that following summer when a lot of weddings happen here and assisted other photographers and really just knew that weddings was what I wanted to do from the beginning. So I wasn't really someone who experimented in a lot of different types of photography, just like went for weddings and went for it because I also went to college. So I grew my business really through four years of college. And then once I graduated, I went full-time with my business. And at that point was shooting in my own business, at least around 20 weddings every single year, sometimes like second shooting for other photographers. So I did that for about five or six years until I started pivoting into education. I knew long-term, like even from the beginning that I would really want to just help other people do what I'm doing. And I started off with mainly photography education. So helping educate other photographers, how to grow businesses. I did a lot of one-on-one mentoring. I had you know, a photography business course, business confident photographer that grew into a lot of shop products and things like that. And then also all of that kind of happened within like a year time span until I then started pivoting into what I'm doing now, which is more educate, like just general business education, education on like video marketing, content creation, social media marketing, things like that. So that's in a very short way, how I ended up to where I am now. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. So I just have to ask, did you do any business or photography related things in college? Yeah. So I went to college for marketing, but I will say that I feel like everything I learned in college is vastly different from what (laughs) I do in my business. Like I feel like, you know, having a business made college easier. Like I kind of understood, like naturally understood like business and like how things worked, but it was definitely very like corporate in the sense of like very much geared for like, if you're going to work for a big business or start like a multi-million dollar company with tons of employees, like, I'm like, I'm just a small business owner with like a couple of contractors and, you know, not really super applicable, but I do feel like, you know, being naturally business-minded helped with college, but I wouldn't necessarily say, and it was nice to like, kind of know from that perspective, but 
didn't necessarily relate a whole lot <laughs> to what I was doing. So yeah. yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Okay. So since this is the sustainable photography podcast, I have to ask you what you consider a sustainable business. Yeah. Great question. So when I think of this question, there's two things that I think come to mind. The first thing, as far as being sustainable in the sense of like having a growing and thriving business, I think having multiple streams of like marketing happening is really, really helpful. So something that I can see a lot of photographers fall into is having maybe wedding inquiries or photography inquiries only coming from one place. And then when that one thing starts to not work, then their whole business is built on that. And then they're not booking any clients anymore. So I feel like just diversify where your inquiries are coming from. It helps to, at least back when I think about to my days, being a full-time photographer, that was huge for me because if say I wasn't getting as many referrals one month, a lot of times things like marketing on with Google and SEO or marketing with Instagram, like kind of filled in those gaps and I didn't have to worry mm -hmm. as much about like where my next client was coming from. The second thing I think of is having help on the back end. So that was something I did pretty early on. And when I say like outsourcing things, it doesn't mean that you have to hire a whole team or anything like that. Like I started with very small baby steps. I think the first person I ever hired was my accountant and he's been with me for like, we're going on probably the seventh year now. And uh, back then, like my business was so small, so he didn't even charge me a whole lot because I didn't have a whole lot for him to do. But <laughs> I was like, I don't know how to do any of this stuff. Like please do it all for me. And then as my business has grown, I've just slowly taken on other people. Like I had a photo editor. I had a virtual assistant who just worked very, very minimal hours for me at first. And then that grew into now I have a part-time employee. So I think, you know, you can start small with those things too. And it doesn't mean you have to go out and hire a bunch of people, but it can make a huge difference. And being sustainable in the sense of if you want to take, you know, maybe a vacation or, you know, if life happens, something happens, you need to take a step back from your business. I think that's a huge part of making it sustainable. So it's not all on you 100% of the time. Mm, definitely. I agree with both of those things. Yeah, definitely. So when I think of you, I think of videos, I think of reels, I think of YouTube. So when did you get started with all that and what kind of a role has it played in your business? Yeah. So video, I feel like when I think about what it's really helped my business with and what I think it can do for a lot of businesses is it really helps your brand come to life. And that's something that I really love about video. It's so much more of a connection point. It's so much more engaging than typically just a photograph. Even as photographers, I think utilizing video can be really impactful for me specifically, I have used video a lot to grow the education side of my business. But even back to when I was a photographer, I was creating, whether it was videos on, you know, tips for my brides, or whether it was an introductory video, like before someone booked me, like introducing myself, I even got to the point where I wasn't doing like any meetings before booking clients because they were seeing like a video of me talking about me, like things that I typically talk about a consultation. It was a website page, a really in-depth investment guide and things like that. So I think video can I honestly, in that way, like help streamline stuff. So, you know, you know, not having as many meetings, not having to like meet with as many clients upfront before they actually book you, but it also helps your brand, you know, just the marketing efforts in your brand helps it to come to life even more. And I've seen that be huge for me 
and just not only, and I'm also a huge fan of personal branding. So like when you're growing your business, not just growing like a photography business, but growing a brand. And that has allowed me to, as I talked about, you know, like pivoting my business, that has been a huge part of it is having a personal brand and kind of taking people on that journey along with me. So, and honestly, I do think video marketing has allowed me to stand out as a photographer and educator and just utilizing that so much and helping to build that connection point with people across the screen who like, have never met me in person, but might feel like they know me, right? Mm, Yeah. Do you think it can have the same effect for others? Or is there someone that video just, no, video can't be for you or can it be for anyone? I think absolutely it can be for anyone. I think it can depend on your personality and like, it might fit more naturally like the different types of video you might want to make, like making short form video, like reels might just be something that comes more naturally to you than sitting down and, you know, talking to the camera for 10 minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. And also be less intimidating, which is why I like to say this, you know, starting with reels can be a really easy way to start with video because some of them are so short, like maybe four seconds long, but yeah, absolutely. I think anybody can use it. I think you can find a way to use it where it feels authentic to you and your brand and feels really natural. So yeah, the first time I, I think it was a live thing when I tried to just talk to my audience, I got so nervous that it felt like the whole world just turned black and I was like, okay, I might die now. So, (laughs) but it does take practice. So it gets easier, but I can definitely understand how people can find it intimidating. Yeah. And I will say like, it wasn't until recently that like live videos would stress me out. And someone like, I like the idea of like, I can sit down and record. I can, you know, say stuff. I can edit stuff out. And so they don't really stress me out now, but like back when I would try doing some like lives on Instagram, like I would get so, so nervous, but I think, you know, you can find different things. Like I personally think like reels or even like TikTok, if you do TikTok, can be an easier way to start because usually you don't have to talk to the camera. You can do like a lip sync. You can do, you show yourself like maybe as a photographer, like on location shooting, like you don't have to show your face up close or like talk to the camera. But yeah, absolutely. I think that you can find a way to use video that feels like good to you and also like fits your personality really well. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. We'll talk more about video marketing in just a moment. The Sustainable Photography Program is perfect for you if you're looking for a mentor. Someone who'll teach you how to set up your business in a way that lets you thrive and spend more of your time photographing and creating your art. I know you want to work with clients who want you as their photographer. And of course, you want to run your business without burning out, working nonstop, or thinking that you just can't do this. I know that you can, and I can't wait to support you sign up for the waitlist for the Sustainable Photography Program today. You'll find the link in the show notes. How can you be in all the places? Because you're everywhere. (laughs) How is it possible? What's your secret? Yeah, so I would say it's grown slowly over time. Like I did not get to where I am now when I first started. And where I am now is very different from where I first started in the sense of like, I am an educator. My business is largely like selling digital products. So in that sense, like I do want to show up in a lot of different places to help build that part of my brand versus, you know, as a photographer, like I was primarily focusing on blogging, Instagram and referrals, especially like vendor referrals were huge for me as a photographer. 
So, you know, I didn't need to show up on TikTok and YouTube and Pinterest and, you know, all the different places that you can show up. And those can be beneficial, especially as you grow. Maybe you have some of those other referral streams coming down and you're not spending as much time and you want to add in something else. I see it as like, you know, it's, it's cool opportunity that you have available to like add in different ways of marketing yourself. But at this point, again, I have help. Like I have had help from pretty early on. And I recognize too, that when I decided to still go to college, like I knew I was going to have time to effectively like market my business and grow my business to get it to where I wanted to go and do everything else. So one of the biggest things I hired someone was a photo editor and she edited most of my images that were delivered to clients. Like I would edit like the sneak peeks and then she would use that to guide how to edit the rest of the images. And so that gave me a lot of time when I did have time to work in my business to spend it on marketing and on different things that were actually going to book me, like raise the demand in my business that I could even charge more and then cover her costs plus some, right? And doing things that I honestly just enjoyed more than photo editing. And at this point, we are in a lot of places. Like we show consistently on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, email list, blogging, Pinterest, you know, but all those different places have come slowly over time and even repurposing content across platforms like reels onto TikTok, TikTok onto reels, or like YouTube videos get turned into blog posts. We also just started our own podcasts. Like those often get turned into blog posts. So, mm-hmm. and I'm to be fully honest, I have not written one of my own blog posts in months. Like, actually, I think I'm lying. I did write one, I think about our baby shower and like our birth and stuff like that. But before that, like anything educational, I have a blog copywriter who writes all of those because she's just fantastic at it. She loves it. I hate doing it. So she like writes <laughs> all of that for me. And so showing up in those places, like I am not the only person doing it. <laughs> so that's really the only way we're able to do that, but also being strategic and like using not only my time wisely, but like my team's time wisely. So, mm, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Do you plan everything in advance or Mm -hmm. is it more like whatever you feel like? Yeah, it depends on the content. Most of it is pretty planned, especially because we have a few different people working on different things. Like we have myself, for example, with YouTube, myself filming the videos. We have someone else who edits them. And then we have my one team member, Maggie. She'll like review the videos and get them scheduled. And then my blog copywriter can then take that video and turn it into a blog. So with that whole process, like it is a little more planned. Like I need to make sure I'm filming videos at least a few weeks out to like get that whole process going, get people plenty of time to do everything. Yeah, so I would say that part of things is planned and the the YouTube video, like filming it is kind of then spurs into like after the blog goes live, that gets turned into a Pinterest pins. So the girl who does my copy writing, she also creates Pinterest pins for me. So in that sense, like that more structured content is planned. And then from there, like, we take whatever new contents come out that week and turn that into emails for the email list. So it's not like we're having to reinvent the wheel for every single thing. But I will say when it comes to more like TikTok and Instagram, I would refer to that more as short form content. It's like YouTube, blogging, it's like more long form. Like it's just a longer, bigger piece of content you're making, putting more time and effort into even like a podcast, I would say the same thing. But with Instagram and TikToks, it's more like short form content. Typically, you know, doesn't live as long. Like not like a blog post where someone can come across it a year later. Like typically once you've posted, like it kind of you know, goes through the algorithm in a couple of days. And then usually reels with the exception of 
reels and like some TikTok videos you can post, you can still see traction like weeks later. But as a whole, I would say those are more short form. And I prefer to do those a little bit more on the go. But even with Instagram, when I show up consistently, it usually is because I've planned even just a little bit for the next week or two, you know, sat down, filmed five reels and then made cover photos for them and plan them out. So I am more of a planner. I'm not necessarily someone who likes to plan every part of my life or have like a strict schedule, but it does help me to be able to show up consistently if I have a good plan and know I'm going to do, especially in the days or weeks where, especially now as a mom, I'm a new mom to twin girls. And so you don't have a ton of extra time anymore. And you have weeks and days where it's, you're just trying to, you know, fit in what you can in the little gaps of your day. And if I already have my Instagram planned out, it makes it a lot easier for me to show up. But I do prefer short form content like that to be a little more spontaneous or feel a little bit more like day to day. So that makes a lot of sense. But in terms of like repurposing when it comes to video, can a YouTube video be turned into like a reel or a TikTok video? Or is that that that's not really how it's done? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can absolutely. That's something that we're going to actually start experimenting with more on Instagram. And even we've already done some like YouTube shorts is another way that you can take like a long form video, like a YouTube video and turn it to a short form video, like a reel or a short is another example of that. But to be honest, I haven't done a whole lot of experimenting with that myself. I've just found that at least on Instagram and with reels, I found that what does the best is when I'm creating content that's either like helpful, like giving tips for something very targeted towards my ideal clients, or when I'm jumping on like what's relevant on reels. So for example, like if I am jumping on a trend, if I am doing something that, I mean, I guess a trend would be like mostly what that is, or just a type of video that I see like floating around on TikTok or reels. And that would be relevant to like, I could put my own spin on it for my own brand. I find that generally the videos that do really well on my account and help it to grow and push it forward. Yeah. That sounds like it would work. Definitely. So your surroundings, they are pretty Instagram friendly. Uh, it's something like your <laughs> aesthetics. They're so cohesive. Whatever you do, it all looks really pretty. But what if someone's home isn't as Instagram friendly as yours? Do you have any tips and ideas for them? Yeah, great question. So what I'll say is that, first of all, you can probably find lots of nooks or spaces in your home that do feel like they can match your brand. And this is something that I talk about. I sell my mobile presets in my shop, but also we have like a mobile lighting mini course that like we talk a little bit about that and had the different things about how to find like good lighting in your home. Even just like if you have a blank wall somewhere that you can film your reels in front of, like that totally works. Like it doesn't have to be anything crazy or fancy. I mean, it's funny because on Instagram, it's just so easy to portray the spaces of your home that you want. Because I commonly will take pictures like either in our living room or in our nursery or even sometimes at my desk, which is actually part of our bedroom. As you, you can probably see me right now, I'm sitting in our bedroom at my desk, like behind me is my bed. And then my very cluttered hutch with like a billion things that I need to like put away or get done or whatever. And so it is easy to like, you can find little nooks of things or like spaces in your home. Like it doesn't mean you have to portray everything if it doesn't match your brand. But I also want to encourage you to like there, 
are times where like, I'll even rent like a studio or something like that to go and shoot in or to create content in. If my home isn't something like it doesn't have exactly what I want. We're even, if this is encouraging to anybody, like we're still renting and we don't even own our own home. Like we just, you know, make it work for us. And we actually still really enjoy renting. Like we feel really content with it. And so Yeah. It's not like you have to, you know, own this like big, beautiful home in order to create beautiful images. Like you can absolutely do that without that being like your reality or whatever. So I do have, like, I was very intentional with the way I like decorated my desk. I even like made my own desk. Cause I'm like, I don't have $2,000 to buy this big fancy desk. Cause I want this big white giant desk. So my husband and I made it ourselves, but I just, you know, painted it white and it looks good with like all of our decor and stuff. But yeah, I would also say if this is also encouraging, I have a big branding shoot that I usually do like one a year in my business. I do like a big, like plan a bunch of stuff and do a big photo session. And the one I'm planning to do this, um, it's in September. So I guess that's fall is going to be at a local venue. Like I'm not even going to do it at my own home because I have a very certain like look that I want for it. And the venue has a lot of different options, like things that we can do. And so, yeah. So I really think like, if you want, you can run a studio. You can also like a lot of my images are taken just outside in like a downtown area. There's a couple of cute, like little uptowns that are nearby in the suburbs around Columbus. Like that we'll go to often and take photos. It has some cute walls and it works. So it's not like you have to have this absolutely like beautiful home or whatever in order to get images or to create content that you feel like matches your brand and like the aesthetic that you're going for. So. Mm, Yeah, that's an important reminder. And I actually just saw that video where you made your desk on YouTube. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I (laughs) wanted to do it too. (laughs) Yeah. It was really fun. It was a fun project to get to work on. And it was actually, I mean, my husband helped me, but I did a lot of it. It was easier than I thought it was going to be. So (laughs) yeah. Cool. So what is it about video that you love so much? Yeah. Well, I think like what I mentioned earlier, like it does make your brand come to life. And something that I'll add on to that too is I do feel like video is, especially in the world of like, we're trying to market our businesses or trying to get out in front of clients or trying to stand out. And, you know, most of us are in a pretty saturated market, especially as photographers. I know when I was a photographer, there were a lot of people doing what I was doing and what was going to make someone book me over someone else. And so I feel like video is a really great way to make yourself stand out. It's very engaging. Um, It also creates more of that personal connection. I really do believe that people are more likely to buy from people that they trust, right? Like they trust you. If they feel like they know you, they feel like they're your friend, especially when we're talking about something more personal, like photography, that's really like an art, right? That someone's hiring you for creating that personal connection can be just really helpful and helping yourself to stand out and also reach the right kind of clients, right? Like people who are actually going to be served really well by us that we just can connect with really well in our services. So that's why I'm such a huge proponent of video and incorporating that into your brand. Mm, Yeah, I definitely have to agree. And also videos like the future, that's what's going to gain the most visibility. That's what Google wants to show more of and all the things. So do you have any ideas for photographers? Because photographers are very set on the fact that they're taking photos. It should be enough to share photos on Instagram and they don't really want to go over to that whole sharing videos. The most that a lot of photographers will stretch to is sharing slideshows of their photos. 
which is fine. But do you have any other ideas that can get them to the next level? Something they can use to maybe educate their clients or to share what they're all about? Do you have any suggestions for them? Yeah. So when it comes to the different types of video that you can make, one of the best things you can do is to make it feel organic to whatever kind of video that you're creating. So for example, if you're creating an Instagram reel, look at, you know, do a little research and see what's working on reels. Like, what do you see on your reels explore page? What do you see other people posting on reels and what's doing really well? And you're probably not going to see photos turn into a slideshow on a reel doing really well on reels and doing a good job at reaching people. And reels is really created for people who don't follow you, but Instagram does, especially with like short form video is putting reels in front of people who don't follow you. So it's a really great way to reach new people. With that said, you don't have to do Instagram reels. Like there's a lot of ways you can do video. You can even just hop on Instagram stories. You can talk to the camera you can you know, instead of just posting, Hey, I have, you know, many sessions happening, but on this day, you can put yourself on camera, talk to the camera and tell them that many sessions are happening on this day, or you can, you know, jump on an Instagram real trend. Maybe it's a simple lip sync. Like there's some lip syncs that are so easy where you're literally going, like there's one that was going around recently that was literally just like, um, yep. And that's all you have to do. Just say those two words to a lip sync. And then like in the text, you could put something about like, do you really help your clients style their outfits for their photography sessions? They don't have to worry about it. And it's you going, um, yep. Like, yep. And then you can expand in the caption. There's so many different things you can do with that, but you can do something simple like that. I mean, there's just so much you can do, especially with photography. One thing people love to see is like the process and how things happen, especially with something like photography. So you can even do things like, you know, thinking about like yourself at a session. And if you have an assistant that can come along, maybe you're shooting a wedding, you already have an assistant there. Even just, I've asked my clients before, Hey, do you mind if I just set up my phone over here, like on a rock and just record myself shooting? And they're like, sure. Like we don't mind at all. And that's a really great way to showcase yourself shooting and then showing the final images, things like the moment versus the final photo or keep watching to see what a photographer sees in this scenario. Or you can even do like just a quick And this is like, we're talking like five second video of you, you know, showcasing yourself working. Like we're not talking about two minutes long by any means, just a little bit. You can add some context with some text. And I've seen all of that work really well with Instagram meals. Like people love something quick and just to show them like a transformation or, you know, I've seen people do fun things with like, here's what you see versus what a photographer sees, especially if you're shooting next to something funny, like a dumpster or something like that. Like nobody (laughs) would ever think like you could create something beautiful next to that, but maybe you can. And so you can like showcase that. I've seen a lot of those things work really well when it comes to creating video. And there's just so many different ways you can do it. And I would say those are some of the easier ways. Like obviously you can sit down and create like YouTube videos, which are more long form. I would say the ways I just talked about are probably a little bit easier to get started with, you know, a little less time effort and you're probably going to get more like, I want to say bang for your buck, but maybe bang for your time. If that makes sense, like (laughs) you know, the amount of time you're going to put into that, you're probably going to reach more people. Although YouTube can be a great like long-term strategy, like over the course of months or years, it will take longer to grow that. So, mm. Do you think YouTube can work for photographers wanting to work with just, I want to say normal people, just like, yeah, for example, for a wedding photographer? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I would say if you are, especially if you're someone who wants to be a destination photographer, which I know a lot of photographers would be really excited about, I think that doing something like YouTube can be, I've seen some really great, even like more like wedding planners do a really good job with YouTube, like create a YouTube channel, basically tips and tricks for brides and grooms. And that attracts them to their account and then find them and then want to book them. But even as a photographer, like absolutely you could create a channel instead of educating other photographers, like educate brides and grooms getting married and things that you've seen, things that work well. And, you know, not just related, it can be related to photography, like how to choose a photographer, how to work with a photographer, but also could be related to like, you know, here's some tips for your bridesmaids and during the getting ready part of your day and how to like make it a fun experience or just different ideas like that could be something really fun. Again, I think it's more of a long-term strategy. Like you're not going to post, you know, five videos and then see all these inquiries flooding in. But if it is something that you want to build that brand up, you know, over the course of like maybe a year, that could be a really cool strategy, especially if you're doing destination. I think it's harder to target with long form video, like YouTube, it's harder to target like a specific area. Like, you know, if you're a photographer in South Carolina or whatever, like, it's harder to pinpoint those people and to attract those people like enough to make that your time and effort worth it. But I do think, especially if you have a long-term vision of like wanting to build a whole brand based off like helping brides and grooms, like you could create products in the future or even just building affiliate income with your YouTube channel. But I do think at least from my experience and from like the students that I have coached as photographers, I have seen a little bit more as far as the time effort you're putting into it. I've seen a little bit more return on that time investment when it comes to things like building vendor relationships, building up Instagram, short form video and things like that. So, mm, yeah, that's a lot of great ideas. Stephanie will be right back, but I just wanted to remind you to sign up for the waitlist for the sustainable photography program before it opens this fall. There are special bonuses in store for you just for being on the waitlist. Go to ingvildkollnes.com slash sustainable. And I'm also wondering, since you're into education and you teach people all about video marketing and that kind of stuff, you must have seen, like, there are some things that a lot of people do wrong when it comes to video marketing. Maybe you can share something of that as well. Yeah. First thing that just comes to mind when I think of what something people are doing wrong is simply just not starting (laughs) and just not doing it. Like, I think there's so many people who are just like, oh, that sounds good. But like, I don't really want to get uncomfortable. But I think that getting uncomfortable and putting yourself out there and just doing it, even if it's imperfect, like go back and watch some of my first YouTube videos. It will help you make you feel better. (laughs) Some of them are pretty awkward. I was horrible on camera. I thought I was like, man, like I'm doing this. Like, this is great. But I look back, I'm like, wow, that was so bad. But like the simple fact that I just did it anyway and just got started and put myself out there, like has led me to where I am now. So I would say just starting, even if it's imperfect, even if it's not like, you know, you're only going to get better the more that you do it. So, Mm, yeah, I love that. Absolutely. I want to see some of your old ones now because you're definitely (laughs) comfortable now. So I think that's great encouragement for people to see that not everyone that they see that are doing well started off that way. Like you actually have to practice and work at it. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's not something that will probably come naturally at first. Like it's something you're going to have to practice and do. And also like the more you do it and then you see yourself on video gives you an idea of what are the things you have to try to work on 
doing or not doing when you're on camera, but also still be natural. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Have you made any mistakes yourself when it comes to video creation? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like anybody who's created a video and says they have never made a mistake ever, but I will say like, I have definitely made lots of mistakes. Like I know I've literally filmed videos before and forgot to hit the record button and have just sat there talking for like 10 minutes. And then I'm like, well, now I have to redo the whole thing, (laughs) but it's okay. Like, again, like I was talking about, like, you're only going to get better the more that you do it. And I'm so glad that even with the mistakes I've made, whether it's like forgetting to hit record or whether it's, you know, again, like stumbling over my words, especially like in a live video when it's like, you can't go back and redo that. I think that only makes you more human. Like, even if that is in a live video, like people like to see that. And again, like you get better, the more that you do it and it becomes more natural. Like I heard someone talk about once when you're doing so much video creation it's funny because like, you know, when you meet someone new for the first time and you're like, you don't totally know them and you're trying to like, kind of get to know them. You're not like totally comfortable. Like you would around a like best friend or something, but it's funny when you get used to creating video, it's like at this point, like I feel more comfortable sitting down talking to a camera than I do some, a complete stranger until I get to know them because I've gotten to know the video. Basically, it sounds very weird, but it's like, you're so used to sitting down and it's like, you're talking to one person. Like that's how it feels versus when you're meeting someone new for the first time, you still just have that new, like, Oh, I'm talking to a new person. So it's just very funny as you get comfortable. Like it does get so much easier and yeah, you just get more comfortable doing it. So, Mm, yeah, that's very reassuring. That's great. But you've built your whole business around video, basically, like teaching others and sharing what you know. What do you think your passion comes from? Why do you want others to succeed? Yeah, well, kind of like I mentioned earlier, like from the time I started my business, honestly, I feel really grateful. I feel like God has blessed me with gifts. And I believe that of everyone, I think everyone has talents and gifts that they can share with others. And it's just really important to me that I'm able to share that with others and to help others succeed as well. I really don't think there's truly ever any secrets. And I like to be super open and transparent about the way that I'm doing things or the way that I'm creating things. And not that I'm doing it perfectly by any means, but I do think there's going to be people who connect with the way that either like how I explain things or how I'm teaching things versus other educators. Like we need all of us to be able to help and support business owners and those who want to create video. And yeah, so I just, I love being able to show up and help others in that kind of way. And it's very cool because then you also get to see others succeed and like get to celebrate with them and to see their wins. And that's just been a really cool part of showing up and, you know, putting all of that out there, which has been just so amazing. Oh, I love that. That's perfect. So What's one thing that you would tell the person listening to do right now if they're interested in doing more video? Yeah, I would say start with the thing that feels the least intimidating. So if that's creating a really short reel, if that's maybe putting your face on Instagram stories, if that is sitting down and creating a YouTube video, like go for it. If that is 
you know, maybe just taking a behind the scenes video of you at a shoot and turning that into some sort of video, whatever feels least intimidating, just get started and start with baby steps. It doesn't mean that you have to do a full on like 20 minute live video and come up with all these things to say. If that sounds really intimidating, maybe don't start there. <laughs> maybe you start with something that's really easy, like a reel that you can, like I was saying like the, um, yep, that you can just redo it 10 times if you need to, but just start, start with something that you at least have the most confidence in going into it. And I think like the more that you do that and it might feel a little bit uncomfortable at first, right? Like it's something completely new, something new that you're going to have to learn. But as you start to do it, as you put yourself out there more and more, it's just going to get easier and easier. That's a great reminder. So what would you recommend doing to build a sustainable business? Yeah. I mean, again, like what I said earlier about like having the multiple streams of marketing, having help on the back end, I think both of those things are really important. Another thing I could add on to it is because we're talking about like video marketing, we're talking about like putting yourself out there, right? But something that's really important that can be overlooked is building an email list. And I know even as a service-based provider, I still think that's really important, especially I would say it's kind of funny because my background is as a wedding photographer, but I think that's one of the very, very rare niches that is probably one of the hardest to have a, like an email list and use that for a lot of, I mean, you can, especially if you do other types of photography. So if you do any other types of, you know, family photography, newborn photography, things like that, I think an email list automatically becomes even more important because as we're putting all our efforts into marketing ourselves, I think that can easily get overlooked because it is something that you own. So when we talk about like building something that's sustainable, you know, social media, any of these platforms, like your account could just get suspended. Like that's happened to people on accident before and they lose their account for weeks or the social media platform could go away or, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen. But having a list of your clients, the people who love your brand, who want to follow you, I think is really important to include that in your efforts. It's funny because like, even as a wedding photographer, I was doing that and building an email list with my clients. I do think that's one of the niches. It's a little hard because you don't have a lot of repeat clients, right? But I do think there's ways you can use it to serve the clients that you do have. And especially if you're any other type of photographer, like if you're a family photographer, chances are they're going to want to come every year for family sessions, right? And so you can use it to announce when you have dates open, you can use it to show up and serve them in between with how to plan sessions and things like that. So that's one other thing I would add on to that. Yeah, no, that's perfect. And actually as a wedding photographer, I just thought of like, you can use it for anniversary sessions. Like remember to set up your anniversary session or to, I don't know if you're having an album sale or something like that. So there's always things you can use it for. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. If you sell albums, you can create a whole like promotional period based off of that, like having sales on your albums. And if you do do like other types of photography, like family, just think about eventually, like they might want family pictures or, you know, just staying in touch with them and having them on your email list can be super, super helpful. Yeah. And it's also a good reminder for them to recommend you to their friends getting married and that kind of stuff. Like it's just another way of, as you say, them keeping in touch with you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thanks so much for having this talk with me today, Stephanie. So if the listener wants to keep learning from you, which I'm sure they do, where can they find you? 
Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Stephanie Lynn Case. We also have an account that's more focused solely on business education. So Stephanie Lynn Case is my personal brand. Stephanie Case Education is where you can also like just do like business tips and all of the fun things there. I'm also on YouTube at Stephanie Case. We have a podcast, the Stephanie Case podcast, but you can find links to everything at stephaniecase.com. So if it's easier just to head there, you can also just head to the website. Ah, perfect. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Sustainable Photography. Head over to Instagram at Ingvild Kolnes to tell me what you want future episodes to be all about. Check out the show notes over at ingvildkolnes.com slash podcast. You can learn more about the Sustainable Photography Program and sign up for the waitlist there. To get more of this content, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Your support makes all the difference. Talk soon.